and when we heard that the board decided to go other way around we were all looking at each other thinking wow if only we could have made these connections that we found to meet and talk to us probably the result could have been uh, different it's one thing right it, the, so the thing that the key is it's easy to identify problem it's easy to talk about a solution execution is key we had the contacts we found them through mutual connects we even connected with them and one of them was on the board uh, others were key executive leaders but we could never execute upon getting them to talk to us uh, before the decision was made welcome to a new episode of selling to enterprises this is zia here and our guest today is vignesh markandan an accomplished enterprise sales leader at wipro limited i'm sure we will all learn a lot today without further ado let's get started Thanks for joining the pod. I have been keenly looking forward to this session, man. Thanks for joining. Hey, Zia. Nice to connect with you. I've heard a couple of your uh, podcasts, amazing stuff, and um, I'm happy that you are doing this, man. Thank you, Vignesh. I appreciate that. So to get this thing started, uh, Vignesh, uh, why don't you start with telling us about your professional journey so far? Connect the dots for us, uh, please, Vignesh. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, you know me. Yeah, I've been um, a lifetime uh, Uh, you know, Viproide um, since 22 years now. Uh, but uh, I've always not done uh, one particular role for more than, uh, let's say, four or five years. I've always tried to move around uh, within the organization into different functions. I started out uh, my career as an engineering uh, delivery person, writing firmware for um, one of the leading compute hardware providers, uh, server ranges. That's how my journey started. I did that probably... for about 7 seven, seven and a half years uh, of my career with the same client so that was a good experience that experience um, was more valuable because i was able to see how a product came into life right from uh, an idea how they built it uh, and um, even back then even in the late uh, 90s and early 2000 i had the opportunity to work with a global team uh, there will be developers from all the way from hawaii to japan all producing code and it all comes together uh, to build a product so that was a great experience for a you know um, for a new engineer who is just starting the you know their career at that point in time and some memorable things happened uh, i had the opportunity to work with uh, people who had uh, earlier designed the chip for the kazini probe uh, at nasa some really interesting uh, engineering background people right um, some some phd's in distributed company you know computing way back then uh, that kind of set the foundation for a very strong uh, technology background so post that uh, you know uh, even in that seven and a half years i would say i did uh, two three roles as a engineer as a lead as a project manager before i uh, moved out of delivery so the next thing that i did was a practice head Uh, i started developing solutions that could be sold in the engineering space so that was uh, a very brief stint probably lasted a year or little more than a year based on the you know exposure that i've had in the engineering space and uh, the things that i have done uh, i got the opportunity to move to sales to sell our engineering services so that transformation happened and i came to the us to be part of the sales team to sell our engineering services so post that um, you know i uh, have stayed in sales uh, ever since and uh, as part of my stint in sales uh, from just being an engineering sales person i picked up it sales uh, i have done uh, large account management i have done hunting 
basically, you know, new client acquisition is what we call as hunting. So uh, from there on, now I have um, manage a you know team of salespeople uh, acquiring new clients all over the U.S. for manufacturing sector. So that's been the journey so far. And Vinesh, where did you go to school? Where which college did you go to? Uh, because I'm sure they are pretty proud of your professional journey so far. Uh, so where, where did you study, Vinesh? So I I went to. Uh, my engineering was in Coimbatore. Uh, it was with a college called as Ramakrishna Engineering. Um, so that's where I did my computer science engineering. Uh, so it was uh, probably my exposure to computers started when I was probably, what, 14, 15 years in school. Uh, we used to have these AT and XT machines. And uh, it kind of uh, was fascinating to see how it operated or you know, what made the computers work. Right. So that's where the fascination with computer science uh, started. Even though I was able to get uh, admissions in, um, you know, some of the other premier engineering schools, but they were not computer science course. They were either, you know, chemical engineering or some of the other, um, you know, different, um, uh, you know, uh, streams. Uh, so I was adamant that I wanted computer science and then I picked this college where I could do computer science and uh, no regrets. You know, it's been a rewarding um, a career option for me, at least. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. So, Vignesh, coming back to your current role in Wipro. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, who's your ideal customer? Who do you sell to? What kind of personas? What kind of enterprises? See, Zia, first and foremost, you know, here is what I tell to my team, right? We are in the services industry. There are no ideal customer as such. We are in the profession of customer service. So every customer is ideal in their own way. It is our adaptability and our ability to understand the customer that distinguishes us from being a good salesperson or even a customer service rep, as I would put it, right? This this could be any profession. You know, you could be a receptionist at a hotel and you will get different kinds of customers. You can't pick and choose an ideal customer to service. It is our ability to adapt ourselves to service customers. That is the key, I believe, to become a successful uh, salesperson as opposed to seeking an ideal customer. Well said, well said. So, Vignesh, with that, if you are extending that a little bit more, so when you approach a market, how are you identifying your potential new accounts to go after, new logos to go after? What criteria are you using for that? There are many um, criteria, um, Zia, right? So, some are purely for the marquee uh, names they are, and you want to have them as their customers. You know, some of them just qualify just because who they are, as opposed to what they do or you know, how big they are or what are they doing. And this could apply to any of the new age automotive companies or some of the oldest companies you know, that have been there for 200, 250 years and so on. Others, we look at uh, many parameters, right? We look at the financial parameters. We look at uh, their market positioning and the market's position for that product line itself. It's a complex analysis that uh, we have been doing for the last uh, three, four years, ever since I have taken over. And uh, based on that, we come up with a, a very short list of accounts that we believe where we will have more uh, razor sharp uh, interaction or possibility for a razor sharp interaction. And that's how we end up choosing it. Uh, financial parameters, their um, you know, market position and uh, the competition and the market market's position itself, you know, how well that industry is doing in itself. And, uh, you know, 
our uh, ability to service that particular industry. It's a combination of these things based on which we uh, choose these accounts. Once we choose these accounts, we do this analysis every uh, you know two to three quarter once uh, to refresh that list to see if those companies should still stay in the list if we haven't already opened them, or if should if there should be a strategy change uh, in approaching those customers, or should I even uh, keep them on, or should I drop and move on to another potential you know more viable uh, client? So we do that. And that is how we have been keeping uh, the list uh, refreshed. I like it. I mean, that seems to be such a uh, you know structured approach. So, what what is uh, what is working for you uh, in helping you to open new accounts? What has worked for you? If you can share some of those things, that would be great. At the end of it, you can do all these analysis. You can pick the account. The success of you engaging with them in a first project is purely up to the team that uh, is connecting with the customer and their ability to understand all these analysis and able to map what Wipro has to offer to these clients. And then, you know, being able to successfully communicating and it is a I, I always say it is like a transfer of belief, right? I believe that I can help your so-and-so problem, which you have articulated in XYZ document and in your financial statement by doing A, B, and C. And here are my referenceable case studies that I can tell you how this has helped other customers, right? So it, it takes a multi-prong approach, multi-team's you know, um, effort to come together and make this happen. So that in itself is very key. And the style in which everybody does is very different. Our job as leaders who are running these um, you know, operations or enabling these teams is to make sure that the team understands it. And then the team understands how we can help the customer. Um, when I say understands this in the first phrase, it is the understands the problem that we have identified through this analysis and how we can solve this through our offerings. And then I leave it up to them on how they want to execute. So we give them a plan saying, okay, here is how it is. This is what we see. You can vet this plan. You can add to this plan, change this plan and execute it and come back and show us the results. So that is what has worked out uh, very well for this team. And we have managed to triple the productivity of individual salesperson over the last three years by doing so. Great. Uh, and how do you measure that productivity with them? It is, uh, you know, how much of, how many millions of dollars in uh, deals are they closing year over year? Straightforward. No, no, Straightforward. No simple. Yeah. The that's the success it, yeah. metric, right? Yeah. So we, if, if a person was closing just 1 million a year, we have made that person close 3 million a year in the last three years. That's very nice. That's very nice. So what is working for you? Uh, you, you said is obviously the combination of all these people coming together, the collaboration between different teams in front of the customer and how they engage with the customer and they kind of uh, ensure that every touch point is great and the transfer of belief between all the teams and, and, and things like that. Anything else uh, you wanted to add to that? It also then falls back to how you select these teams, right? How do you bring together the team that can execute, right? It is not that everybody is made out of same mold. I have team members come from different walk of, uh, you know, uh, IT services. Some are career salespeople. From day one of their career, they've been only doing sales. Some have, you know, cut their teeth and, you know, uh, 
build their ability in delivery and then they have transformed themselves into a sales leader some of them have largely been in marketing function or other enabling functions some of them have come from purely solution and architecture function so i have a mix of team so the key thing that we look for in a sales person in at least to join my team is that ability to say can do and how do we go about measuring it every time i have an interaction for selecting somebody i usually give them some scenarios a day in a life kind of a scenario that i have faced in my career or my team has faced in their career and uh, i ask them to react or to be able to solve the situation in their own style uh, there is no right or wrong answer uh, but if the answer is not satisfactory i try to give them a feedback and then in the next session we run a similar scenario and see if they have learned anything from that and if they did some background homework in preparing for that session uh, so that ability to do background homework is key i look for that in every sales person that i interview anyone who shows up uh, despite all these you know feedbacks and everything in the next session uh, without any preparation additional preparation uh, usually they don't progress ahead so it's that hunger for learning is what i would say and that ability to put effort to learn is what we look for irrespective of what function or what facet of uh, services industry they come from and that has kind of worked out uh, it is not a foolproof method you know some people are very good in doing interviews uh, and they know how to do interviews but then when they are on the job uh, if they are not able to deliver right so we have a very honest conversation that you know here is my expectation here is where you are i would like you to bridge this gap please go back and uh, show me the you know results after a quarter if it's still the same repeat the conversation but this time you know set a timeline and tell them you know i expect that this be done by this timeline and if it's still no improvement then i you know usually request that we part ways because um the expectation to say do ratio and the expectation that we have versus the performance is not matching makes sense uh, thanks thanks for sharing that vignesh uh, so that that's a very good point you uh, brought up right how you are building this team um, and and how you are kind of continuing to support them you know thanks to uh, this pandemic right hopefully we are out of this pandemic but and all the individual sales have everyone has been hit right so are you doing anything new to keep them motivated keep them aligned to your overall uh, mission objective uh, with them see um, we we do a lot of collaboration sessions right we can't meet but we can continue to collaborate right uh, the motivation is this i try to meet with the collective team and the extended team which basically means all the service line leaders all the pre-sales leaders and you know everybody coming together uh, every few weeks once and uh, we have a very transparent uh, discussion of where we stand as a team what are we doing and what is the problem that we are facing and we need collective input so that's one one type of collaboration session the other kind is we bring in leaders like you uh, from outside uh, our company to come in and do a session for us and uh, some of these have been very interesting it doesn't need to be a technical session but it could be any uh, topic right of interest we do that and it's all of these things are happening on collaborative platforms um so essentially you could see everybody you can interact with everybody and so on uh, so that is what we have been trying to do more often 
and more rewards and recognitions internally for the you know good job done and um, you know uh, that's how we have been able to do it and of all the things most important is more one on one conversation uh, about their current situation what are they going through uh, in their life and so on and so forth uh, and that has also helped a lot of people stay very enthusiastic over the uh, period of time it's the time commitment that you are able to give to these individuals that matters more uh, than anything else during these times perfect so let's let's go back a little little, little in history uh, vignesh when you were an individual contributor right love love to um, hear about when you were in front of the customer when you were trying to break into uh, some of those large accounts what were your best practices that you can share with us today vignesh see what has helped uh, me or what is still helping me is that it's the is the preparation before the meeting right if if you have a meeting that's for 1 hour i always consider that's just 1/4 of the time of the meeting the remaining 75% of the time is spent outside the meeting preparing for the meeting it could be talking to service line leaders it could be talking to different geography leaders it could be talking to uh, you know another client in the same organization to understand what is this particular client doing you know being transparent with them that you know i'm going to meet with this person i need your coaching on what are you what do you see as their priorities or what are they doing and so on and so forth that is where 75% of the time i spend outside the meeting that way when i actually engage with the client for that one hour it is a more you know grounded conversation more contextualized conversation that they are able to appreciate even if nothing comes out of that meeting they are able to at least give me two three names more who i can talk to right and then it is always connecting the dots looking backwards by saying to the futuristic conversation saying that hey i spoke to this person he mentioned about you know your charter uh, of this and she mentioned about this uh, and you know here is how i believe we can help you and uh, seek time with them and that's how it has expanded right um, uh, the the conversation interestingly i want to go back to one of these um, reviews that i had with the ceo of the company after we had opened a marquee logo so in that meeting we have um, the current chairman uh of wipro in the meeting he was back then the strategy officer the ceo the head of uh, hr uh, cfo all of them in the meeting and uh, he looks at the you know what we call as the account plan sheet and then he says okay let's pull up the uh, trace data or what we call as the crm data right so amazingly that's the first time i am getting to see a collated view of this um all the activities that we have done in this uh, account in the leading up to the opening of the account in the last 6 months we had done some 81 face to face interactions with customers more than one per day and in the areas wherever we had the most face time is the area where we ended up opening uh, that account so the analytics behind what led to this uh, was an eye opening exercise for those 81 meetings three fourth of my time preparing for that meeting in the background has been uh, the key to having that many number of meetings leading to a successful opening of an account slightly longer answer but yeah preparation is the key that's the short version of it that was perfect uh, vignesh and in fact that example that you give right that gives an idea about uh, how much time that you need to put in to make sure that the meeting is really the way you want it to be right it's really productive so that's pretty good 
before getting into the meeting right i'm mean, being in hunting one one major uh, challenge we all faced was getting in front of the customers right um, you know we we take an xyz account and how do we open the doors how we get those meetings what's what's working for you vignesh and what was your uh, best practice when you were doing it uh this goes back to this um the initial analysis that i talked about right when i was an individual contributor when i was a salesperson myself calling into these accounts i used to do this analysis for my own accounts i used to go through their 10k reports quarterly reports quarterly presentations they make to uh, various analyst forum investor forum and by going through these things i could immediately find two three problem areas that they talk about Uh, two three priority areas they talk about uh, or spend areas or cost cutting areas and so on and so forth the moment you see some of these things my next uh, instinct will be i make a note of them and then i go knock into individual uh, practice leads within the organization and i tell them hey this is the kind of customer here is the problem that they are saying they are trying to solve where else have we done this do you have any examples that i can go and quote back to them so when i get something that i believe is more valuable i try to uh, put it in a very simple format to reach out right it could be a email or a call a script for myself and i usually do it uh, in this way hey you know i heard you say this or i heard you articulate this problem how would you like to discuss with me about potential solutions 1 2 3 i've had great success uh, in uh, getting a, somebody respond back to it and i have even had experiences where i've gone into a meeting and the person says you know i saw that you put the effort to do the analysis uh, but your analysis is completely wrong and the solution that you are giving me will not work for us but i appreciate the effort that you put into it at least i am happy that somebody is paying attention to the problem and trying to solve so here is how i will explain it to you and they go you know about putting it in a very different perspective and try to explain uh, in their own words as to what they are trying to do and that kind of helps you build that relationship right and from there on you know you build on top of it uh, through more uh, contextualized conversation and uh, you know when they are um, uh, you know minds into or rather transfer of belief right so they initially transfer their belief into me and we found a problem solution and then we transfer our belief into them and it becomes a mutual partnership from there on so this is why i was looking forward to this conversation vignesh right there are so many really good points and i'm sure the enterprise sellers listening to this conversation will really uh, benefit so thanks for that so we we all have uh, our learnings our uh, from wins and losses um would love to get anything that you can share uh, vignesh from losses during as a as an individual contributor or in the recent past because i, I believe that we learn a lot from the loss uh, we definitely learn from win also but anything you can share would be great yeah absolutely see losses are um, like you said you know the, the best teachers that we can have right i remember one of these um, one of these deals with a chemical company and uh, we were in the last two we got the word from uh, the client that uh, we are the number one uh, among the two and they are going to make a recommendation to the board uh, that they would like to go ahead with uh, wipro and once the board says yes we will get into contracting and then uh, a week passes by and then they come back and say sorry we are not going ahead with you we are going ahead with our number 2 choice and that was a really really heartbreaking moment for us because we thought we had this so then we learn that the board uh, had very little knowledge about us as a company 
and um, they had not uh, seen us in action in similar large clients where the you know uh, for similar services whereas they had seen the number 2 provider more often in that space and then they went with them you know if i go back a few months we identified this as a problem area right that the senior management may not have too much exposure to us because there is no one here who we have worked with in the past uh, they may or may not know us as uh, for our capabilities and i took it upon myself to go find people through common links and educate these leaders about uh, us as an organization and everything and we found uh some common connections uh and we even found one of the board members who had operated in one of our uh, you know um, in in that part, you know the common connections past they have worked together we got introduced to that person but we could never make that time between uh that leader and the wipro leaders to connect and share our commitment about us as an organization so on and so forth and when we heard that the board decided to go other way around we were all looking at each other thinking wow if only we could have made these connections that we found to meet and talk to us probably the result could have been uh, different it's one thing right it, so the thing that the key is it's easy to identify problem it's easy to talk about a solution execution is key we had the contacts we found them through mutual connects we even connected with them and one of them was on the board uh, others were key executive leaders but we could never execute upon getting them to talk to us uh, before the decision was made uh, so there are many many such things you will learn and every time uh, ever since i make sure that if there is an action during a large deal pursuit there may be hundreds of them i diligently follow up on execution of them and if there are execution challenges and for some reason we are not able to execute and fulfill it we specifically call it out and say here is something that we see as a risk and that risk is highlighted to everybody uh, and we always keep track of it so that's one of the learnings from just one deal i'm talking about and there are several that i can you know share but uh, you are right you know every time you fail you learn something and then you pick up and then you try to make sure that you don't do it again that's such a very important point right you have listed down all the risk and you have to execute on that like you rightly said right and this is again highly critical in large complex deals uh, as you know most of the time that you the kind of deals that you and we pro are in right any other learning like you said a lot of learning i mean this is great conversation one more point would be really helpful vignesh sure so this is um, i would say you know again a, a big marquee um, a logo so where we uh, where more of a challenger than the leader right we worked with this client for like 2 two, two and a half years just doing a lot of meetings and everything and you know getting them to know our brand uh, so people knew who wipro was and everybody was trying to find an area where wipro could enter the account and uh, accept so they came up with this big um, uh, renewal rfp after having worked with that incumbent for uh, probably two two decades almost and um, we we went in we shared our solution we did all of that our ceo came into the meeting it was all very well set and we lost the deal in the very first round so then uh, they were very nice with the process they came to us they said you know here is how you scored and there were a lot of people um that had you know uh, given us good scores on many aspects and uh, on some uh, aspects they scored us very poorly 
That is because they were trying to go from their existing operating model, which was on-site heavy, to a very, very, um, what do you say, uh, a more decentralized uh, model of global teams and so on and so forth. Whereas we focused on more of service integration and being able to uh, service it across uh, different uh, functions within their organization seamlessly. Uh, and that kind of led to having more on-site presence. While they said, your service integration piece we love, we don't like that you are you know, trying to keep us in the same on-site heavy model. So for that reason, uh, I don't think you have understood our primary objective well, and we don't want to work with you. Whereas all the two and a half years, we heard so much about service integration and why it is key for that organization. We kind of got very set in our mind that they've been talking to us about service integration for more than two years. This has to be it, right? If I nail the service integration story, I'm going to walk away with this. <laughs> Whereas it just went the other way around. They were looking for a more uh, a simplistic offshore-centric solution. And they said... Because your service integration story is so strong, we are going to take that out of the scope of this RFP. We are going to float a different RFP for only service integration, and we want you to come and bid on that. So that never happened. They removed the service integration piece, but the RFP never happened because they went into a big reorganization and so on and so forth. And the story remained that we missed the key objective that they were after. And we had this, uh, you know, because of our past history and discussions and everything, we had this mindset that, okay, this is what they are looking for. And we oversaw many of the aspects that were highlighted in the RFP and we ended up losing it. So obviously the team was just looking at it from one particular lens because of the feedback that they were getting from the customer, right? So because yeah. how, how could that has that have been avoided in your opinion? See, it is, um, I would say, it, it, is, it is mainly because I would say, you know, we, we got complacent maybe because we had done so many meetings with all the stakeholders. Everybody knew our story and everybody was saying, you have the strength of uh, service integration that uh, nobody has uh, in our ecosystem, right? I have worked with these providers, the, these top providers. I have them working here, but they don't have this story because they had already come to India. They had visited our service integration uh, center, everything, right? So all angles were pointing to that, oh, they love this. You know, I have this is my winning uh, mantra, right? So it kind of got, gotten uh, imbibed and I believe we kind of got complacent that, okay, if I nail this story, everything else doesn't matter, right? So probably we overlooked what was the key ask and we just relied too much on our past uh, discussions with them. Got it, got it. I understand that. So we the, guys, the, the key uh, is to how... you know, stay in the now, right? The past discussions are what got you where you are. But uh, to move forward, you have to focus on what is happening now because their priority had changed. They were looking for cost takeout. Uh, and service integration was an ancillary piece, had become an ancillary piece at that point in time. And that's always a risk you run when you are a non-incumbent and you are looking uh, outside in. Yeah, well, what, what I uh, say to this point usually is that, you know, as long as you're getting feedback on time from the customer or your primary contact, then you're still in the play. Uh, otherwise, if you're not getting continuous feedback from the client, then so that feedback cycle has to be maintained. Otherwise, you're no longer Absolutely. in the play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, in this case, um, yeah, in this case, I don't think we um, kept the feedback loop uh, open. 
and we kind of overlooked all the signs but how do you as an individual vignesh how do you recover from from these hard losses right especially where you are in the top 2 you have been told that you are winning the deal right how do you personally recover where you hit a down day a slump or you hit a big loss like this so it's just part of the uh, part and parcel of the job right as yeah you everybody knows uh, on a best day you know you uh, you win a third of a deal or you know half of the deal and the other half anyway you lose uh and if uh you cannot be intrinsically motivated to dust it up and then move on learn and then continue uh then this is not the career choice for uh, faint hearted this is filled with failures and um it is just the nature of the job god just, just just keep doing what you are doing keep doing more more of it and if you really have to do something take a break have coffee and get back into it i guess right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but see we all we can do is put a lot of effort and sincere effort in what we are doing right and there will always be times where you are overlooking a few things right and there will be times where you believe you know that you are doing everything right but then the customer may not perceive so and that was the second example you know we believed that oh we are nailing it <laughs> but then the customer didn't see it that way so it it always is a possibility you know all i all i always tell uh, always i tell my team is that continue to put your best possible effort and then the results uh, will happen perfect so uh, coming to the final segment i mean i have two questions uh, very important questions uh, one is any any advice that you would like to uh, live uh, your your top pieces of advice for the enterprise sellers uh, vignesh people who are listening to this podcast nothing i haven't told already right success is in preparation and success uh, is in uh, our sincere efforts and that that applies across board right it is not just solution effort in building relationship effort in reaching out to ecosystem partners inside and outside the uh, product vendors or internal service line partners delivery partners finance legal partners everybody you know you takes a whole village to do a, a big sale um so it's all about being prepared and uh, being very collaborative well said well uh, and any uh, you know a little bit tactical probably but a, a, what kind of tools are you using currently you and your team um to to kind of help you with your sales professional life we rely on a lot of um the market tools like you know zoom info which is also the discover org uh, they have merged uh, we rely on linkedin sales navigator uh, things like that right uh, so essentially it's the same set of uh, tools for some intelligence but a large portion of intelligence comes from the customer portal itself right uh, either through their investor relationship page either through their uh, you know uh, unlist presentations um or their point of view papers and so on and so forth so that's largely what uh, we rely on while uh, some of the other external tools uh, come in handy in certain aspects and vignesh uh, finally are you hiring if you are hiring what kind of roles are you hiring for oh, i i was hiring until um, earlier this month i fulfilled all my uh, positions basically i was looking for business development managers in the midwest region so i was looking for two people and um, you know uh, happy to say i was able to find uh, good candidates to fulfill both the positions very good very good and if someone wants to reach out to say and hi uh, say hi vignesh how do they do that absolutely i am uh, you know open to connections on linkedin and uh, yeah that's the best way to catch me on uh, any social network is uh, linkedin for professional reasons 
very nice very nice so vignesh again like like i was saying right this this time is just not enough to cover all the topics and get into details with you because there is so much to learn from conversations with vignesh uh, but you know thanks again for taking the time today to join and share your experiences greatly appreciate that vignesh all right zia thank you for the opportunity and uh, look forward to you know hearing more of your podcast and wish you great success on this initiative Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please do subscribe to the podcast and I will greatly appreciate if you can leave a review. If you have any suggestions for future guests or any feedback, please write to me at zia@sellingtoenterprises.com. See you on the next episode. Thank you.